Mr. Tim Story, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. Yes. You know, you have a lot of accomplishments and accolades behind you, and you're very accomplished. Yet I've realized ever since just this past five minutes of us talking, you have a very calming sense of energy to you. So I really want to get right into it and talk about for somebody who has so much going on in his life. Yeah. How are you able to stay, stay so calm and collected? I, I don't think it was overnight. I think that, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was like most people where you think you got to always just hustle, hustle, hustle. That, you know, being on your grind is the main thing. But I think that as I got older and built my faith life up, that I started to realize that I didn't have to chase my dreams. I just had to cooperate with what God had said. So that's, that's really my strength, is that uh, as hard as I work, I don't chase anything. I don't chase relationships. I don't chase jobs. I cooperate with what I, what I believe that God has said about me and about my life and my assignments. And that's why I feel this vibe that I feel every day, just like this. So when you say cooperate, do you like have a ritual that you wake up in the morning, tell yourself what you're about to do? What is that process? What's that process between you and God look like? I think cooperating is to stop and to look and to listen. And then we live in a society, as you know, where people become human doings rather than human beings. Okay. And so I've been able to life coach the smartest minds in the world since 1992. Started working in Beverly Hills since 1992 with you know, the, the top professionals in Hollywood. And I found that most of them were very distracted, like constantly, they were constantly distracted. So I learned what I did not want. So I learned how to slow down to the speed of life, which life is rhythmic. So in order to find that rhythm, you got to stop, then you got to look and you got to listen. And so when you stop, look and listen, um, then you pay attention to what uh, your spirit side is downloading and then you just do that. Because, you know, the more successful you become, people are going to pull at you from every, every angle. angle. Mm -hmm. And somebody else's urgent is not our urgent. So talk to me about goals then. For somebody that's cooperating, how do you understand how to set goals and at what level do you do? I mean, especially for someone like me who's young, ambitious, trying to do something out there. You know, if you were to talk to like the audience, you know, early 20s, what would you tell them in terms of goal setting when it comes to that specific standard that you follow? Okay, so I, I think first of all, you got to understand what your assignment is. And the assignment for everybody's life is within you. So I believe that when you were born, uh, to quote Kendrick Lamar, you have royalty in your DNA. And so inside you, number one, you got royalty in your DNA. So now, I got royalty, but what's my assignment? That, that's simple. Your assignment speaks to you. See, so your dream has a voice. So if I was life coaching you, okay, I would just take you back to your childhood and I'd ask you, what did you dream about becoming? Okay, so Michael Jordan dreamt about basketball. I asked Kanye West's mother, what did he want to be? He wanted to be a rapper, he wanted to be a humanitarian. I asked. Brad Pitt's mother, what did he want to be? He wanted to be humanitarian, he wanted to be an actor. I asked Katy Perry's mother, what did she want to be? She wanted to be a singer, she wanted to be a humanitarian. So it's in us since we're little. It's not difficult. Hmm. But we're so busy, we're not hearing the dream that is trying to speak from within us. 
So like, like, let's say if I take you to downtown LA around the homeless, some people can drive by and go, oh, these pieces of crap need to get their acts together. But you may look at it and go, oh man, I need to do something about it. Because that's probably part of the dream that's inside you. Um, I may drive you around and have you meet with who I was with yesterday, who's a very powerful guy who does a lot of stuff with huge people. And by being around that guy yesterday, he would have stirred you up because he works with the biggest stars in the world. He would have stirred you up because that's part of your dream. So your dream has a voice and it speaks to you every day. You just got to listen. And when it comes to the people that don't necessarily accomplish their dreams, I understand you say that they're caught up with the noise, they're caught up with the everyday things. What are, like if you were to tell me like three different things that may cause people not to listen to themselves, what would they be? Okay. So the reality is that most people will not accomplish their dreams. And that's why it's good that there's guys like you around. Okay. So over 80% of Americans, and you know, we're worldwide, I've been to 75 countries, but over 80% of Americans say at the end of their life, their dream never happened. And the reason for that, if you don't do something with life, life will do something with you. Okay, life will kick your butt. That's just the way it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Unless you do what I say, you got to have power steps. I'm a power stepper. I don't do things by accident. I'm not, I'm not even here by accident. I do things on purpose. So to have power steps, you do things with purpose and intent. Purpose and intent. Purpose and intent. If you get around Oprah, even if she's in a good mood, there's a purpose, there's an intent. Muhammad Ali. Purpose, intent. Magic Johnson, purpose, intent. Okay? So in order to get to that desired goal, you got to stick with your purpose, stick with your intent, which most people don't. They get distracted and they get off their yellow brick road. And these distractions, where do they root from? The distractions are coming from just everyday life. Mm -hmm. Okay? So here's how it goes. Um, you know, you can desire a great life. You could have the discipline for a great life. But for all of our lives, there's going to be what I call life interruptions. Most people don't know how to handle it. It could be someone breaks up with you. It could be an illness. It could be a DUI. It could be you got fired from your job. Okay. Sudden things, sudden events, sudden events that are life interruptions. The dude, you did not order them from the menu of life. You don't want them, <laughs> but they hit. Yeah. I told, um, uh, Geraldo Rivera this cause Mike Tyson's my friend, but I said to Geraldo, I said, do you realize that Mike Tyson never lost one fight by decision? He only lost by being knocked out because he did not know how to get back up. Most people, when they get hit by a life interruption, they don't know how to get back up. Okay. Okay, so a distraction hits, divorce, illness, okay, loser job, they don't know how to get back up. So they start to sit and cement themselves in a setback. Now, I want to tie this into something I was actually dealing with very recently. I had a family friend die two days ago, super sudden, and... A thought came to my mind where while you're saying this, it really hit me. It struck me where I, f I felt as if people band-aid things. 
meaning they temporary, temporarily solve them, move on, but they don't actually, I guess, look at look at it as a lesson learned and, and try to obtain something new from it. What's your stance on that when it comes to these life interruptions, and how does somebody make sure that when they do come, they do stand right back up? Well, number one, sorry about your loss because that's real. I mean, so that's that's like real life, and so. You know, I, my doctorate's in world religion, but I took um, about seven years worth of counseling classes. So I do a lot of family counseling and therapy. So I will say this to you, that when somebody dies that's close to us, there's a, there's a two-year average grieving process. So you're gonna grieve whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. So you could act like you're not grieving. You could put a Band-Aid on it, as you said, you could go get, the, get on your grind, go climb the biggest mountain, yep. go take over Beverly Hills, but dude, your friend still passed. He's gone. And yep. so that's where people are really not paying attention to life. See, there's seasons in life. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Old Testament, chapter 3, says there's a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak. And so... That's why we have to be very careful with each other because I may see Grant Cardone and he's in one mood, but he may be in a different mood the next time because something could happen. I may see Steve Harvey, he's in one mood. He may be in a different mood a different time because something happened. So as a guy who does this for a living, I'm very sensitive to people's moods. I, I, I kind of just feel them out before I come at them with certain energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know... What inspires me so much about you is you're you're able to put yourself in front of these very high achievers, and be be a position be in position of power to motivate and inspire and change people. What I want to ask you is, what's your why? What's your motivator every day, and why do you wake up and do what you do? I think the my why is not what most people's why is. You know, like for me, I was moved by the life of Mother Teresa. I read this book about this lady. Um, who went and helped these people in India. She was, a, she was a nun. She saw orphans that were hurting. And I could have gone to USC. I was set up to go to USC. I was going to be a communications major. And, um, but I felt called to help hurting people. So I went to seminary and kept staying and staying and staying and then uh, went to 75 countries of the world and I'll go to more and started helping people in third world nations. So my, my deal is, man, I'm about helping people. All these other benefits I got, these are not planned. It just came with the package. It, it came with the package deal. Yeah. And it came because of what I do. Like all the stuff Oprah does for me, she constantly, or her staff, I just talked to one of her best friends yesterday, and they're like, this is unheard of. Oprah doesn't do this kind of stuff for people, Tim. But part of it is she saw my heart. And my heart is I'm about people. So I'm not like constantly thinking about what's in it for me. I, I never was at one point. So a lot of people hearing that can say, then how am I supposed to plan my life out if I'm never thinking about myself and I'm being so selfless? And when you tell me that your why didn't have what it contains right now in your life, it kind of came with the package. For somebody that's my age, super young, yeah. wanting to push himself out there, how can you kind of like 
discuss that and make sense of it for me when I'm still new to life. I'm still figuring all that out. Okay, but the 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 place I'm coming from is the same place Pharrell Williams is coming from. So Pharrell, um, if you were to have Pharrell sitting here, you'd hear common answers, very similar answers to mine. Is that Pharrell loves music, so he does music. He likes to inspire people. Pharrell loves art, so he got involved with Chanel. Pharrell loves art, so he got involved with doing some of his own uh, clothing line. Uh, Pharrell loves uh, movies, so he works with Hans Zimmer and he scores movies. Mm -hmm. So same, that's what you're finding with Kanye West now. I mean, I spent 11 years with Kanye West. Now he's really in his zone of just, we're creatives. So, so the assignment is I am a humanitarian. So first and foremost, I'm about people's lives. Then my secondary job is I'm an artist. So I'm creating things, but the key is, is to do everything at a high standard. I do everything at a high standard. Like I sh showed up on time for this interview, didn't I? Yes. I show yes, up everywhere on time. Mm -hmm. I work my butt off and that's just the way it is. So it's not by accident that if you work your land, you're going to get abundance. It's a proverb. I work, I work my land. So if I worked at Taco Bell, I'd make the gordita, take care of the chihuahua, and I'd end up where I am today. Yeah, so whatever in front of you, work it. Work your space. And where does faith tie into all of this with you? Faith to me is not like a crutch, or faith to me is not like... Um, uh, buy into my faith or else. Faith, faith to me is like, I always felt like if there's a God, that'd probably be pretty smart to try to connect with him because he might know more than me, okay? Mm -hmm. So when I was young, I started realizing that I believe there's a God. So therefore I want to know him. And so I spent time reading scripture, praying, uh, having Bible studies with people and growing. So faith to me is faith in who I see as God, that he can do what he says he can do. So like a lot of um, my energy, okay, let's have fun. I just signed an amazing book deal with the number one publisher. Congratulations. Not number two, <laughs> number, number seven, okay? Okay, we're doing a $25 million Broadway play. I've got three movies I'm working on. I got a big AMC night with Tim Story called Tim Story and Friends. That's pretty cool, right? Heck yeah, man. All right, that's yeah. next year. Uh, I got three TV shows coming out next year. And I look pretty chill. <laughs> so my thing is, is that I don't think it's all about me. I think it's God's super on my natural which makes me supernatural. In fact, I was speaking at a big conference with a bunch of guys that you know, and like every guy usually when they speak in front of large crowds, they're, they're like pacing, they're pacing, they got their Janet Jackson thing on, and they're pacing. And I was like playing with this guy's kids. And the guy that was having the conference goes, whoa, Tim Store, are you okay? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, I've seen you on stage, are you like light stages on fire? He goes, you got it in you today? I go, yeah. <laughs> so my thing is, I'm not, I don't need to hype myself up. 
you're just already in the zone I'm all in the, zone. the time. Yeah. Just give me the mic and then yeah. it's going to shift. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting that you kind of just go with the momentum, go with the flow. I, I was just listening to your Ed Milet interview. Yeah. And I thought it was really, really intriguing when you talked about limited beliefs. I kind of want to dig deep into that. Oh, yeah. A lot of people have limiting beliefs. You know, my parents are the biggest ones of them all. Like, I mean, me doing what I do is like, they're, they're super supportive, but they're also sometimes slow it down, come yeah. here, do this, do that, be practical, be realistic. The amount of people that tell me, Adam, your goals are too big, like chill out. Talk to me about limited beliefs. Why, do they, why are they there and how does somebody overcome them? Yeah. So number one, shout out to Ed Milet. Um, so proud of him. He's one of my best friends. What he's doing in the world today is huge. Where you'll see Ed in four years, he's basically going to take over. Just watch. Yeah, yeah. For like, sure. No, like he's, he's, he's been one of the top in the NBA of what we do. But watch where he hits in like four years. Just watch. But here's the deal. In fairness to your parents and to my parents, is that we learn from three things. Education, conversation, and observation. So maybe they were educated, your parents and my parents, to think that way. Okay? Mm -hmm. Maybe what they observed was to think that way. Maybe the conversations from culture was to think that way. So therefore, they had very low ceilings. Watch how powerful this is. In the average house, in America, your ceiling in your house has to be at least eight feet high to be illegal. I mean, to be legal. Mm -hmm. Many people were raised in houses that the ceiling was like five feet, okay? So it was like, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. You hear that enough, it went from eight feet to seven to six to five. But so if I was life coaching you, you're Kendrick Lamar. You got royalty in your DNA. So the real you make, made a demand on you and said, dude, you can't live with these low ceilings. So what'd you do? You bust out. You have more to you. You bust out. You can't help yourself. Yeah. You Look, you can't help yourself. Yeah, so, so what happens is that you honor your parents, but honor doesn't mean be controlled because you're a grown man. So the grown man side of you said, I honor you, I love you guys, boom, okay? And then you don't talk about it all the time. So people who do not get where I am now, because I am somewhere, I don't even tell them what I'm up to. If they'll say, oh man, I heard you're doing this project with, and they'll name somebody big, and I really am. I'll go, yeah, you know, step by step. It's going, it's moving. Yeah, it's moving, but yeah. really, we're like done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, but I can't tell you because your ceiling's so low, I'm going to irritate you. It's yeah. not going to make sense for you. No. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, for somebody like you, do you have a game plan of like life? Do you have it planned out or is it not? Yeah, my game plan is right now. I'm, I'm in the moment. Like, do you remember you could play these uh, arcade games and you got the thing on the side and oh, the yeah. balls go? Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm in the bonus. I kick butt already. 
I was speaking to 85,000 people by the time I was 28 years of age. Ooh. I kicked butt already. I'm in the bonus. So, so to, to me, I would say since I realized I was in the bonus, which was about 15 years ago, I've done way more because I'm not under pressure. Like I sit with huge studios that say to me, like NBC, Tim, your talk show's definitely gonna work. Boo, 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 boo. And then they held me for one year, held me for two years, never sent it out. It didn't even, it didn't even move me one way or another. You know why? Because I got three other things coming at me. So to me, I'm fully present, fully feeling, and fully alive. I am in this moment, right here, looking all around. I'm right here. I'm not, no, I'm right here. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm present. I know my calling, and that is to help a lot of people, and that's what's happening. We do it through the recovery business. I'm on the board with Robert Downey Jr. We're helping prison reform, okay? Um, also uh, doing a lot of other nonprofit things. Yeah, so here I am, boom, bam, 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 right here. Is there, Robert is probably one of the biggest inspirations for me. Like one yeah, day Robert's my brother, we're real brothers. We're very close for, we've been super good friends since 1999. That's a long time. How'd you two meet? We met through a guy named Brent Bolthouse, who basically runs Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Had the hottest nightclubs forever. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Brent, who's one of my best friends. Just talked to him yesterday. So Brent's the one that introduced me to Leo DiCaprio, Cameron Diaz, Jared Leto, Justin Timberlake. Gwen Stefani, on and on and on and on. That's that's one way I got into young Hollywood of coaching a bunch of people is through Brent, and Brent and I do a bunch of projects together. Very intriguing. So you're around a lot of high-performing individuals. For a long time. Yes. What is, would you say, like top three characteristics that make them successful? Uh, number one is uncommon thoughts. They think different. They think outside the box. Uh, again, they don't let the low ceiling stop them. They'll break through. Like, let's take even um, a Jared Leto. And uh, I ran into Jared and his brother Shannon recently in Kiev, Ukraine. I was there speaking. They were there doing 30 Seconds to Mars. And I pulled up and I saw these kids outside screaming. I go, what's going on? They said, 30 Seconds to Mars is out there. I'm like, those are my boys. So I think, like, if you, if you see a Jared Leto, man, he just thinks outside the box. So uncommon thoughts is number one. Number two, uncommon plans. You gotta have uncommon plans like what you're talking about. You gotta have plans, okay? And thirdly, you have to have uncommon discipline. And that's where I'll beat most people's butts all day long. Discipline meaning grit, like taking action all day, every day. Yeah, I'm disciplined. <laughs> I'm a freak for discipline. For every speech, I. When I, when I speak, if you come and hear me speak, I put 15 hours into that speech. That's why when they'll say to me, do you need notes? I go, no, I'm good. Because it's going to come out of my pores. That's why I blow places up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm disciplined. Have you always been like this? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because I did not want to live a normal life. So I decided not to live a normal life. So, you know, my mother had a sixth grade education worked at a donut shop. My father had a 10th grade education, worked at a Bethlehem Steel. You know, they did the best they could. Father dies at 10. We were lower income, and I just decided that's not how I was going to live. 
So I'm very disciplined. So being somebody who's super disciplined and understanding how to take high level action, what would you, what would you tell someone like me on how to get to your level? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get to the point where you get, as I said, tired of being tired, tired of being normal, tired of being depressed, tired of being addicted. You gotta piss yourself off. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I life coach the, the smartest minds in the world, worldwide. Um, most days when I life, I life coach three people a day. I got them from all over the world, from Russia, from Thailand, from everywhere. And I help, I help piss them off in areas where they're not strong. Because there's different areas of your life. There's your physical, your spiritual, your mental, which is your clarity of mind, your job, your finances, your family, okay? So there's, there's, there's gotta be one area of your life that is struggling, I'm gonna push your buttons and help you get pissed off at being regular, okay? Because the real you does not wanna be regular. You are not built to be regular. You are built to be uncommon. So if you life coach with me, I'd put a fire under your butt, you wouldn't know what hit you. If I life coach you, I'd put you around some guys, not, not, that, not that you haven't traveled a lot, but I'd put you around some dudes it would shock the crap out of you. I'm just getting started, man. I mean, even just this interview alone, I was doing some, you know, extensive research on you, and I was, I was shocked because yeah. he's the one that set up the interview, and I was like, oh, Tim, yeah, I've heard of Tim. Sounds like a cool guy. But then when I really looked into you, I was like, wow, this is, this is. Uh, yeah, but I came to this apartment because I liked you. I appreciate that. No, man. because we get invited to do a lot, and I could probably do, I probably do 10% of what I'm invited to. At one time, I was getting 1,500 invitations a year, 1,500. There's wow. only 52 weeks. Wow. So I'd say, I'd say yes to 10% of what I'm invited to do. And so I'm here because of you, because I like your vibe. So we studied your vibe. I like your vibe. So, I'm, so that's why I'm here. And so my, my thing is, like with you, if you went with me recently, like to Rome, and I'm speaking to 3,000 people that came from all over Europe to Rome, okay? And I just blew the stage up and these young people are like running after me like dudes that are 22, 23. Tim Story, whoa, Tim Story, you don't even know. Tim Story, man, I studied Tim Story, Tim Story. They're like 22, 23, 24. And then from there I meet these dudes from Turkey. Then I meet these dudes that came from Iraq. Then I meet these dudes that came from Norway. Man, the world's on fire. You start to see that, so, uh, yeah. you, you realize it's more than Orange County. <laughs> We're in a bubble right? here. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, 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 like, it's, like, it's like Kanye know, knowing that Drake was coming up. I remember talking to him about that one time when Drake was coming up. He knew Drake was coming up. So what does that do that makes you know you got to up your game? You got to keep going because there's other people out there who will work harder than yeah, you. Yeah, so, so in my whatever I'm about, I always try to up my game by hanging out with guys that are smarter than me. Like, you know, Grant Cardone knows a lot about real estate that I don't know about. Ed Milet, you know, he's worth all that money. He knows how to invest uh, more than, than I do, even though I'm pretty smart at that. But I get around other people male and female who know more about the subject than I do. Okay, so watch. So the way you become known is you build your spot. I'm gonna blow you away. This is a Tim Storyism. 
<laughs> See, I never tried to get to know Oprah, Steve Harvey. Are you with me? Stevie Wonder, Kanye West, Jay Z. I didn't say like, "Hey guys, look at me. Look what I'm. Look what I'm up to." Could fit in. No, you build your spot. You build your spot. Okay, my spot is in the area of being a comeback coach. In that spot, I cannot be beat. I cannot. I cannot. So if, if somebody would get a knot in their shoelace, okay, my mother was the greatest at getting a knot out. I remember I, if I got a knot in my converse, I go, Mom, doggone it, can you get this out for me? Because I wanted to just cut it. She would just like slowly take it. Get it out and untie it. I'm a pro. Yeah. I can't be beat. So that's why they call for me. If they're on TMZ, they're usually seeing Tim's story. Their hmm. managers are looking for me, their agents. I cannot be beat and set back to come back, okay? But I've given my life to it. And what I don't know, I'll bring in a psychiatrist or psychologist to help me out, take it to another level, okay? So I built my spot and the spotlight came on my spot. So people started saying, dude, I got this client, he's in trouble. Dude, you gotta get to Tim's story. Who's that? A dude that helps so-and-so. So you build your spot. So at your age right now, you're building your spot and the spotlight is gonna come on your spot. So whatever you become great at, you're gonna make me need you. To give context to the viewers, how long did this whole process take you until your, the spotlight came on you? I think it takes a while, you know, and, and I think that that's, that's where, where people are not patient enough. It's through faith and patience that you inherit promises. But like I was rolling through a Starbucks yesterday and I told the kid, I go, hey, I want to I thank you again for your energy, man. You got good energy. He goes, dude, coming from you? I go, well, it doesn't matter who the heck I'm supposed to be. I go, I'm just giving you a compliment. He goes, but you've done that like seven times in a row. I go, well, I didn't realize that. I'm constantly building people up everywhere I go, but I've been doing that for years, since I was like 17. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So to me, that was building my spot already. I was already an encourager. I was already trying to make somebody else, else's vision come to pass. See, I, I believe this. What you make happen for someone else, life will make happen for you. Yep. Dude, I'm a dream builder. No wonder people want to help me. No, I, I see that. And the reason why I ask that question is because in today's society, especially with social media, people expect success overnight. Or yeah. they think it cultivates like that. But it shouldn't be that way because if you get it overnight... You can get through the door, but you're not going to have the tools to keep you there. And so that's what we see with a lot of entertainers that do well overnight, and then they don't have the, the tools, skills, and attitude. To that, keep it up. Those are Tim Storyisms. Tools, skills, and attitude to keep it up. It's one thing to get in the doggone door, another thing to stay on the other side. Okay. So what you want in this whole space, you want longevity from right now until you're like 97, you know? That's, that's what we're you up to. You play the long-term game. That's, that's what I'm up that's to. That's how it is. So to, 
end this whole podcast, I want to dig deep into leadership because you brought up one thing that I find amazing about you, and that's the quality of a great leader, which is uplifting individuals to accomplishing their dreams. Talk to me about the difference between a, I want to say a bad leader, more so a weak amateur leader versus a great leader. So the, the amateur leader, number one, he may not have innate leadership skills. You do and I do. I read you, I read me. It's just in us. I was a leader since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You're a leader. It's innate in some people, okay? But what is not innate, you can learn. It's learned behavior. And so there's a price to be paid. So if, if you can't get around Richard Branson, read about Richard Branson. Go to YouTube, watch all his freaking interviews, right? Mm -hmm. Study the rascal pickpocket him you don't even need to meet him and so that's what i believe in is that some have innate abilities to lead whatever is inside you use that but also learn from other leaders because success leaves clues mm -hmm. okay so you know a magic johnson i've learned diversity the guy's got like 12 things going on at once Steve Harvey had like six shows going on at once. Oprah Winfrey, I learned so much from Oprah, how to, how to run an empire. Quincy Jones has been mentoring me since my late 20s. Uh, he taught me to be okay with being a mogul. And that's where I'm headed, that's what I'm doing. And, but I wouldn't be able to do it if a guy like that was not in my stuff. So parts innate, parts learned. That's beautiful. And you said Quincy Jones has been mentoring you since you were... 29. 29. How did that come to life? Was that, was that your first mentor? No, I know you said that was me like helping out all these celebrity kids since I was in my 20s. And then uh, him wanting to talk to me about a situation. And then me and him hitting it off. And we're like family. You know, I'm like, we're family. I think a lot of people, what they don't get is the human side of things. Yeah, is they see they see people like you, people like Kanye, people like yeah. Oprah, all these individuals, and they think they're so disconnected from them. Yeah, because of how this world has publicly viewed them as. And I think the biggest lesson that I've learned so far, just running this podcast, meeting great individuals like you, is that we're human. Right. At the end of the day, if you develop that human interaction, people will go long ways for you. One hundred percent. And and the thing that whether it be Quincy Jones or person, 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 person that I could name. They all say about me is that Tim Story is a phenomenal listener. Like I was just yesterday with Eden Sassoon doing a TV show. Her dad is the late, great Vidal Sassoon, the greatest hair guy in the history of the planet. Okay. Why was, why was the father so enthralled by me? The guy's worth so many millions, it's almost wrong. Okay, why, why was he so interested in me that he used to like to eat breakfast with me? Because he said I was a good listener. So as a young guy, I learned the art of listening and I'd listen, I'd pay attention. I think too many people, they wait to what they're gonna say next and they don't hear. I agree. Yeah. Listening got me in the room and listening kept me in the room. And it's what makes you smarter than most people anyway too, at the end of the day. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Tim, 
I really, really do appreciate you for coming on to the show. I want to have a fun twist to this. I'm going to ask you a couple random questions. And I want you to answer them just a quick, fast pace, and then we'll end it off. Sounds ready. good? All right. Favorite color? Black. Black. All right. Favorite car? Porsche still. Porsche. Ooh, you, do you ever drive a Porsche? Used to. Used to? What car are you driving? I had now? like four of them. <laughs> what car are you driving now another one <laughs> all right well speaking of another one favorite artist uh as far as art work or uh, musical artist music art let's do that jay-z jay-z why is that what what about jay-z that rhythm rhyme rhythm rhyme rhythm rhyme wow come on man because i i love kanye that's my guy he's my real friend I love Jay-Z, but when we was Jay-Z and Kanye in concert, Jay-Z's just got like he's got he's got the Michael Jordan touch. Yeah. He's 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 definitely something. Yeah. Yes. Favorite place to live? Uh, Marbella, Spain. And is that your favorite place to travel? Yes, right now it is. That's my spot right now. I go there a lot. How often are you visiting? Every six months. Every six months? Wow. Okay. So yeah. so you travel like all the time you're on the road most of the time no i'm not on the road like i used to be i mean i used to be on the road like always because of all those invitations i was getting and still get but now nowadays i'm so into what we're doing in entertainment with these tv shows and movies and plays so i'm doing that but i love marbella marbella is a, a melting pot of cultures that are coming from all over the world it's like a beverly hills of, mm -hmm. of uh, europe i like it there we're doing a lot with nobu there and a lot of companies so i'm enjoying myself yeah very cool very cool you're a man of many messages favorite message to spread if you have a setback don't take a step back get ready for your comeback oh it rhymes that, that's very cool okay well hey tim i appreciate you so much for being on the show my man thank you so much what a privilege <laughs>